Welcome to the Gonzo.mo News Broom. It always psychs me out that the intro song for this is like five seconds long. I'm used to waiting 30 seconds for the No Name Show, which is the other anime podcast we do here. I'm JP. I am joined by Kyle and Vinny. What are you doing, Vinny? How are you? Uh, I am at home uh, watching my anime Secret Santa thing. <laughs> I don't know why I said, what are you doing? You're doing a podcast. What are you doing, Kyle? It's podcast time. Oh, too soon, my dude. I know. Well, that's why I was I was doing it, obviously, in Oof. reference to... You know, that happened so recently that I forgot to put it on the list. So That's we'll why just... I did it. I knew that I didn't see it on the list, and I thought, this is the most subtle way I yeah. could bring it to your attention. So, I gotta remember, is it Jason David Frank? Is that what its name is? Jason? Oh, yeah. I said Jason. Oof. Jason. I'm tired from being at Anime NYC all weekend. That's um, his Tamino name. I woke up to this news, I believe, that he uh, passed away. He was very, very young. Um, very sad news. Yeah, uh, but we'll get to that in the news section of the newsroom. I mean, I forgot to tag it because it happened so recently. Uh, I didn't know. Do we know if that's been confirmed? When I saw it, it was still a rumor. It has been, been confirmed. confirmed. It's been like reported on by reputable sources now. That's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what's not a bummer is that we're doing a podcast. It's kind of fun. Uh, this is a news podcast. We usually keep it to around an hour. You can find more episodes on gonzo.moe. We're on your favorite podcatchers. Uh, we do anime, manga, and sometimes video games. I think we got a little bit of all of those this week. So... Uh, yeah, let's talk about the news. Where are the demons? Bring on the pain! You'll have to forgive my more frazzled than usual. I did very literally just walk into my apartment from spending the weekend at Anime NYC. Uh, I will do a more, I guess, lengthy con report on the No Name show. I want to have some time to... I guess like parse my thoughts and not just give like my at the hip kind of a uh, reaction. But I figured, you know, I just got back. I should talk a little bit about it. Uh, the biggest uh, change in the positive last year, there was uh, unreasonable uh, time waiting in lines. Uh, that was all fixed this year. So I think that's probably the most important thing to come out of this with. Cause a lot of it's the same guests. It's the same types of events, same kind of dealers, same venue. Uh, but the biggest complaint from last year was that we were waiting in line for three plus hours. And this year they, they put the health check in, uh, across the street in this big parking lot. Uh, I was able to walk right in. I had my vaccine, vaccination, vaccine, uh, card checked. I was probably in and out of health check in less than 10 minutes, maybe five minutes. Uh, I did go to the con a couple hours after it opened. So you know, obviously factor that in to the experience, but then I was able to walk right into the convention center, uh, which was a very welcome change from the three hours that me and Noel waited last year. Uh, otherwise it was, it was a lot of the same stuff. Uh, I spent almost my entire time in the dealer's room just cause that's what I prefer to do at conventions. Uh, a lot of the panels were reservation only. So I only went to two panels because a lot of the really interesting stuff was a reservation, and then a lot of those were like handled by a drawing. 
And so I didn't want to plan my weekend based on what ifs. But I had a good time. The TLDR of what I will say on the No Name Show is that next year I will probably only go on Saturday. Uh, it is a con that I would recommend you go to if you live nearby, but I would not... I wouldn't make this a destination con. It's not Otacon, right? No, no. I mean, unless unless industry stuff is what you're interested in. If you want the Comic-Con of anime, then this is a great choice. But for me, it's too corporate. It's too industry. That's also why I didn't go to a lot of the panels, because most of the panels at Anime NYC are Q&As with business reps and voice actors. And I want to see oh. fan panels. Yeah, fan panels. I mean, that's what I come for uh you know the other stuff you can always just read the summary online if you know and that's the same thing if this was even in jersey i might not go but because it's in my backyard i go to it uh but if if fan panels are your thing i cannot recommend this event unless you already live in new york uh if seeing press releases read by industry reps is your thing then you're going to have the time of your life I think me 10 years ago may have enjoyed this more, but it has truly become the AX of the East coast. Yeah. I think I'm just a little jaded from what the industry has turned into, uh, that a news heavy convention, just it's not fun to me anymore, but all the other things that, you know, you like about conventions are there, you know, cosplay, you know, buying cool merch, all that kind of stuff. A um, lot of really cool displays. There was a giant Luffy. When I say a giant Luffy, I mean like a Gundam-sized Luffy or what I would imagine a Gundam height to be in real life, like touching the ceiling of the Javits Center. <laughs> uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, and there were a couple uh, bigger Gundam, uh, not you know true-to-life size, but there was a couple like giant Gundam statues that were pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's very corporate. I still had a good time. I just, I will not invest as much time and money into it next year. You could have gotten what you did in a day. Yes. Yeah. Next year, unless something changes and, or they get like a really cool guest next year, I will probably only go on Saturday. I'll get the Saturday pass. Well, I saw some early rumors, uh, that they are, or at least one of our articles talks about it maybe, but it sounds like they are trying to maybe expand for next year. <laughs> yeah. You know, we could talk about that now, actually. We'll jump ahead. Uh, so they said that they want to expand. I did not read this article like super in detail. Uh, just cause it I- sounds like they're thinking of either fitting in maybe the whole Javits center or maybe some of this rounding area, depending on how negotiations go. So yeah. it sounds like very early days, but if they were bigger, then they would have to open up their, like, you know, that would allow more, because, you know, there's only so much corporate panels and kind of things, right? Like at a certain point, you need to start filling rooms for a bigger attendance. Yes. And that's where you get fan panels. So if they do get a larger space, that might actually fix the problem that you have. I uh, I don't have that hope. Well, so I think I'm, some I'm of just it saying is, optimistically. I don't be optimistic, Kyle. That's a mistake at, at New York City conventions. I think some of it is Got lack it. of interest. Uh, because when they first put their schedule out, there was a ton of like TBD spots. And I think they just had to parse their schedule down. When I was seeing all weekend, like stuff was getting announced of panels with guests. Yeah. Even. It's, so like the the guy that was like a, the dub for one of the new Digimon shows was announced and like premiered there, but wasn't announced until like yesterday. 
It's very strange. So New York has kind of a weird history with anime conventions, and it must just be that it costs too much money to host an event here. And maybe that's why volunteer events or like fan uh, run events like Oticon just aren't really happening. Uh, Cause I just, I can't think of a, another reason why they're the only game in town, <laughs> you know? And for a long time, there just wasn't an anime convention in New York and that's insane. Uh, and there's been, there's been several failed ones. Because uh, I know there was Big Apple Anime Convention that I think CPM hosted yeah, for a couple I've, of years. Yeah, I've heard the horror yeah. stories over that the show, years. That, that show was good. I liked it. Um, I've still heard it was like a nightmare to run. Like, from, mostly well, from Justin. You know, well, like, yeah. the way that he talks about it. Oh, man. I mean, Justin was a young boy working for John O'Donnell at the time. I think also there was like an anime wing of comic-con for a while but well, I, they had their own con they, they had um new york new york anime fest before they merged out into new york anime con and that ran for like three or four years i think that was also run by pizza tara it's just, I think the, the, the one thread here is that pizza tara has run all three of these shows at some point or the other it's just it's very very strange to me why because you would think that new york has enough people to have multiple big events uh but they don't they have uh, this this uh, this event, which it, it honestly it feels very phoned in to me, in some ways, and uh, maybe that's just because I can get a guaranteed turnout because it's New York City. I don't know. Um, I hate I don't, to be so negative, but I, I really think like the Javits is an awful, awful space. Well, yeah, I'm, but I mean the Waltery whatever convention center isn't much. Like it's hard to have a good space that's that big. I feel like the fact that it takes. 15 20 minutes to walk from the dealer's room to the panels is a bummer but there's no way around that when you have to host 40,000 people. I think that the problem with those spaces is because a lot of those spaces are so big that they're not meant for one organization to like rent the whole thing. Yeah. Right? It's kind of like yeah. you have half of it. So like I think concepts like theoretically you could have maybe one operation going on and then maybe something smaller on the other half. We they did that I one mean, year. There was a pet convention have, at the same yeah. time as Anime NYC and it was awesome. Yeah, you can have like three mid I mean, but like events. that's why they're built in such like a weird like, you know, strange twists and turns and like in a Byzantine manner of just like, all right, like we have well, to fit this somehow. Well, especially you can like kind of almost like wall off three different like lines almost and have like a big vendor space, a a handful of like conference rooms, yeah, and do that for like a for like, a big trade show. But I mean, other than like New York Car Show or New York, York Comic Con, nothing really fills that space as far as I can know. Yeah, like um, Toy Expo or things like that. The the my biggest takeaway, <laughs> in case I don't remember to say this on the No Name Show. And I'm not the only person that said this. For an anime convention, they were not selling very much anime. I mean, that's been the trend for a while now. I mean... Otakon still had a ton, though. Like, I was able to buy so much anime and manga from Otakon that I was worried about how I would get it home. There were two dealers selling anime at Anime NYC, and I think one that was selling manga. (laughs) And this is not counting like companies selling their own stuff, yeah, like, like a limited selection. Because like Viz was there, but they were selling like two books. You could get Bleach, or you could get uh, Look Back. Yeah, I mean, this kind of feels like the whole trend of where the industry's gone. Though it's less about 
sort of buying the media. And if you're going to be selling stuff, you're selling like secondary products, you're selling figures, you're selling uh, prints, you're selling all yeah. those stuff. There was a lot of figures, a lot of the most represented thing I saw in there was clothing. And all the money that I would normally have spent on manga and anime, I spent on clothing. I got a lot of really cool stuff. I'm very happy. But I went with a list of manga that I was going to look for, and I found maybe two books, and that's because Denpa was there, and I was able to just buy them directly from them before they hit retailers. What did you buy from Denpa, uh, if I might ask? I got the new Inside Marie and Heavenly Delusion, which I okay. do not think have been shipped out yet. And uh, Well, Heavenly Delusion might. I think that came out in October. But Inside Marie uh, 9, I don't think is out yet. And I, I was know able. He listed, uh Gunya Banya Holiday, which I wanted to read because I liked the uh, first book from that author that they released. I was also able to get Under Ninja, which is sold out everywhere I've looked. So that was pretty cool. Uh, One Piece Books was there as well. They they were one of my favorite booths, but they didn't have a good selection. They were selling their manga for like one third of the price, which tells nice. you a lot about markup. If they were able to sell me a thirteen dollar book for five dollars. Uh, but they only had like th- five titles available. Otherwise, I would have bought a ton of shit from them. I mean, even at that price, that's probably doing some clear out it's, on their part. It must, because uh, I just thinking about like the cuts that everybody takes, they're probably still making money off $5. They might not be. I always assume that half is the half MSRP is about where they're making money. Yeah. Or it's just like, hey, if you bought volume one, you're probably going to buy volume two. Could be a loss leader. I don't know. Uh, but there I mean, were. That's never been true. If Ed Chavez has ever said anything, that's never true. Of uh, he cares about volume two sells more than he cares volume one sales historically. Where that's the number you'll care about because you know, you'll see drop of like like half between volume one and two often. You know something I didn't know uh, is I did not know that Patch Prime worked for Denpa. I think he was in contracting because I know he was an editor on uh, the Men Who Created Gundam. He he was he edited or proofread Heavenly Delusion. When I was I was looking at the credits, like holy shit, I yeah. I knew that they were friends. I didn't know they. Anyway, all right, Pat. Yeah, he's a, he does some uh, proofreading for Denpa. I'm happy about that. Yeah, he's yeah. good friends with Ed, so uh, it makes sense that he was able to make that yeah. leap. That's really cool. So on the book I went to read, the men who created Gundam. A lot of there were a lot of announcements from Anime NYC, but so much that even I am not going to read them all. It's too much. Like Yen Press alone announced over 24 titles. Uh, so, uh, let me see. We have uh, a place further than the universe that is getting an English dub. That's pretty cool. That's been a while too. Cause that, that show came, I mean, I reviewed that in like 2019. I want to say, yeah, I recognize that title, but I don't remember why it reminds it's not, that's not Shinkai, right? That no, just sounds sh- like place a, promise in our early days. That, that is a TV show that really was a big crossover. I think like the New York Times put on their best TV shows the year it came out. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what is it? Is that an anime limited? I think it's anime limited. Like one of their big uh, pushes into North America. Uh, so, uh, they're putting out uh, to the abandoned sacred beast, <laughs> Tony Kawa, or Fly Me to the Moon, the manga that I screamed about a few months ago, uh, as well as Tokyo Marble Chocolate. These are all on Blu-ray, uh, and they also announced some vinyl which I don't know if we have anybody that listens to us that has vinyl. 
I feel like our demographic of listening to this show is definitely people who listen to vinyl. Uh, they're going to do the ReZero soundtrack, Dr. Stone, uh, Little Witch Academia, and Macross Plus, which is pretty neat. That's exciting. That's a really good soundtrack. I don't know how else I'm on vinyl, but I am not a vinyl person. Um, oh, the uh, with the Anime NYC expansion thing. We said we were going to talk about it, and then never did. Uh, so they announced their dates, 17, 18, and 19 of next November. Uh, and the the thing they were, yeah, they were either going to try to get more of the Javits Center or they were going to try to get surrounding areas. Yeah, that's what I said. We is did that, talk about it. Oh, I thought you just said the Javits Center. No, no, yeah. I said that. There were, I, I didn't say the dates, but I said everything else that you oh, just said. My so so. You're, the, you're the New Yorker here. So is there anything around the Javits Center? I know every time I've gone back there, they keep adding shit around it. But uh, I, 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 it's, it's not a great. I mean, they're talking about Hudson area? Yards, which is like a mall. I don't that's know. Not, that's not that close, so though. It's I guess like, within 10 minutes. So my biggest problem with... It sounds to me like a bargaining position, the other places to me. Yeah. Like, it's them going like, oh, uh, we can find other spaces. Uh, the mall. Yeah. <laughs> you know? the Javits, but here's the thing. The Javits knows there's nowhere else to go. Yeah. They need to do the Javits Center or it's not going to work. It was 30 degrees out all weekend. I I'm not walking around New York to go to panels and stuff. Yeah, as long as there's a good yeah. subway station to get around from the. Jeff- I, you know, this is how you have to play it. This is just how the game is done, right? These these companies have to do the dance, and no one, everyone knows it's bullshit. But you you know, I mean, if you they have a thing, shuttle when bus, the, when that the would Javis be. Javis knows it's bullshit. It's bullshit. Like you, it's tough to negotiate. I would do a shuttle with bus. New York City Con. Yeah, at uh, least from the basement of the building. It's just like it's way too like. So this is insane. I won't be doing this next year, but I, I get a hotel for anime NYC so I can just walk right to the con in the morning. Uh, even that walk is a bit much. And I never went back to my hotel because I did not want to deal with check-in or all that. If I had to do that in between every panel, cause it's like, well, this one's at the, the mall and this one's at the Arby's. Not yeah, happening. They, they, they set up a site at the, um, Mitsuo Plaza in New Jersey. You can take a ferry over there. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, let's see. What else did we get? Uh, Sword Art Online film. Second film is getting a screening in February. Uh, the first film will be on Crunchyroll. Uh, it says next week. I don't know what the date on this is. It might already be on. Oh, there. shit. That's a huge deal, actually. There's one of them. One you didn't highlight that's a film I'm waiting for for a long time, actually, is... um. Giovanni's Island is getting released finally. Oh, I didn't bold a lot of these because I just didn't have time to go through it. Okay. Uh, High Dive got uh, Oshinoko Idol. I'm not super familiar with that, but they were pushing it pretty heavily at the con, so it must be a a hotter title uh, this season. Uh, Let me open up the Yen Press thing. I'll skim this and see. Uh, There's a Sword Art Online Progressive uh it looks like this is either a manga or a novel uh what else is it wrong to pick up uh girls in the dungeon memoria freeze uh we have apare ranman that's pretty cool that must be a because the series was an original i think uh unless i i don't remember it being based on anything so this must be based on the series um there's something called i want to be a receptionist in this magical world that's funny. Oh, you know, the one of the things we talked about a few months ago, they had at one of the booths, it was vending machine or like refrigerator in another world. And I was disappointed to find out that that was a novel and not a manga. 
Those are different shows, I think. I think they're the refrigerator. I think there's a vending machine. We have, we, have, we, I think we have both. I think there's this two, is... there's two refrigerator ones. Oh my god, it's gonna be a whole genre at a certain point. There's gonna be a whole subgenre of just refrigerator. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe my icebox is so horny. They got Higarashi when they cry, Gao. Oh, the the big one that stuck out for me is they got the Elden Ring manga, which is like a comedy manga that follows like a naked tarnished. Uh, I only read the first chapter of it, but uh, I will probably pick this up. I I enjoyed what I read uh, back when that pretty was funny coming out. Uh, but then yeah, it looks like a lot of I don't know, not a, a lot, lot of, of this sticks out. A lot of film announcements though, which is exciting. Not like, not necessarily um, franchise films. Like Giovanni's Island, I see in there uh, this film, uh, Blue Thermal. Oh yeah, which um, I don't know. I don't know what it's about, but it's a film that's not based on a I manga think or we've based... talked about it that's not saying much so I don't know uh, yeah uh but. crunchyroll announced some simulcasts they got hell's paradise uh ancient magus bride season two yuri is my job the ice guy and his cool female colleague uh this next one also got announced uh dead mount death play that is from the creator of uh, bakano and Dararara. i've read the first volume of the manga it's, you know, not the best thing ever, but it's fun enough. I'll, I'll probably check that anime out. Um, it's about, it like opens up with like a demon lord getting killed and then like reverse isekai'd. Uh, so he ends up becoming a human uh, and like helps some assassin group uh, assassinate bad guys. I don't know. I, I only read work f- at a, Does he also work at a McDonald's? He does not. <laughs> That's... Dead, uh, d- uh, devil is a part-timer. Yeah, which is about the inference that comes to our world. Um, but yeah, Dead, Dead Mount Death Play. Uh, the first volume was fun. I, I think I got the first uh, three uh, when I went to Otakon. Uh, they also got a Yaka story of bound, bounds and wounds, and then saving 80,000 gold in another world for my retirement. Uh, which... I want to say, I, I can't remember. I know that one of those ones that had a title like that was a Chinese animation, not an anime, but I don't know if it was that one. Uh, J Novel Club announced a lot of stuff as well. Uh, the most interesting thing that they announced was a partnership with Yen Press, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a sign of the end times uh, because Yen Press will be helping them with their print stuff. They are We're already doing print. So if they're teaming up with another company, that means they either want to ramp up and can't do it, or they were having trouble maintaining their current load. I could not say. Uh, but they will help them uh, print some of their digital-only stuff. Is the paper situation better now? I don't know. But that's been a problem. I wonder if that could be due to the, like a reason why. This is completely conjecture on yeah. my part. Well, yeah, because I mean they've probably got a bigger market share. If you have a bigger share, then you probably have better rights with the bidding for all that stuff and like actually getting a paper supply. (laughs) Uh, They also announced some new titles. Uh, So much of this just looks generic to me now. Uh, We have enough of this slow life. I was reincarnated as a high elf and now I'm bored. Okay. Uh, Look at a high elf mommy and then JP's interesting, but it's not. So I, I saw half of their panel. I came in a little late so I missed most of the announcements. The big thing they were pushing was Blade and Bastard, which is getting simultaneously released with the Japanese release. That is from the creators of Overlord and Goblin Slayer. 
I thought you were going to say that. I thought you were going to say the actual manga bastard. No, uh, it's called Blade and Bastard. And weirdly enough, it takes place in the wizardry universe. Because uh, I guess they bought the rights to wizardry, the people that made this manga. Uh, and this is how light novel, I think. For, or, and this is how we keep getting from Animigo, as they keep getting wizardry uh, funding. Yeah, it was just so funny. They're like, have you guys heard of wizardry? I'm like, oh my God. At this Big point, in Japan. It's gigantic. Uh, they also, we never got the wizardry anime, ever. Uh, they also announced some uh, audiobooks, it looks like, uh, by the grace of God, Reborn, Reborn, Reborn to Master the Blade, uh, Black Summoner, How a Realist Hero Rebuilt the Kingdom. Didn't you watch that, Kyle? Or am oh, I, wait, what? No, maybe I'm thinking of something yeah, else. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely not anything I've, I've read. I thought uh, you watched something called Realist Hero. That sounds You watched some kind of thing. I yeah, like I watched it. it. That's not what it was called. It was like, I don't want to... It was like, I don't know, something about... I, I can't remember the title. It was that generic. I'm uh, the best bookkeeper. I don't want to no, fuck my real hero. Uh, we also got the Faraway Paladin, Hell Mode, My Daughter Left the Nest and Returned an S-Rank Adventurer, as well as In Another World with my smartphone and min-maxing my TRPG build In Another World. So those are all audiobooks coming from J Novel Club. Man, the cover of Hell, Ma- the cover of Hell Mode is not what I expected. Yeah. Um, and then the last license announcement from a friend of the podcast, Evan Mento's company, uh, Azuki. They have uh, Natsume and Natsume. And then they had another one that's not listed in the headline called, it's like Myotosis, I think. Uh, but Natsume and Natsume is from the creator of uh, Girl with the Sumpaku Eyes. So, uh, oh yes, uh, it was a Starfruit Books uh, team up. And uh, yeah, my myosotis, I believe, is what uh, what it is. So, pretty cool stuff. It's really the only panel I went to all weekend was Evan's panel. Uh, we got some streaming announcements. Uh, I already talked about some of these. It looks like Laidback Camp and Psychopath Films are going to go to Crunchyroll. Uh, this one's for Kyle. Hulu is going to be streaming to Tommy Time Machine Blues. I'm just happy it's not Disney Plus. I know that they're both owned by Disney, it's the same but thing, Kyle. I I know. I'm not okay. I'll be real. It's all the same to me. I'm gonna be pirating it. <laughs> Fuck them. Fair enough. Fuck them both. But on the sliding lazy. scale, at least it'll be. Tre- I think it'll at least be treated better than the Disney Plus anime shows, where it just gets completely swallowed and all that Disney shit. Uh, we also have uh, Gundam Witch of Witch from Mercury. Uh, it says a prequel short is was posted. I assume this is a different from story. the prologue. This is the I think the prosification of the prologue. I didn't actually read it yet. Oh, it's a, it's written. Okay. Yes, this is a short story. That is why I was so confused. So. Yeah, because last week uh, they didn't have an episode. They just did a um, compilation episode. So Got this it. is what they put out instead for American fans. Uh, High Dive has announced some simulcasts. It looks like Spy Classroom, Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible, My Life is Unukai-san's Dog, and Endo and Kobayashi Live, the latest on Sundere Villainous. Uh, And then, what is this? Surune, the linking shot. Man, I'm so out of it that I don't recognize most of this stuff. Uh, There's also something called The Dangers in My Heart. Uh, I mean, how bad it must be for other people who don't have a weekly news show oh or bi-weekly. 
right? You think that at this point I would recognize most things. But, I'm saying that, that <clears throat> I think that's a sign of oh no. Is that there's just too much stuff and too not enough of it like sticks out. Yeah. Uh, Sign Saru is working on a feature. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm not familiar with this director. Maybe Kyle, you know more about them than I do. Yes. So yeah. they joined Science Saru back in 2021, and they their the first notable project they've done for them was the Heike story. Um, they oh, directed okay. that. And they've also directed apparently a new feature that has come out this year, but it was, uh, I think it only showed up. It says that they premiered it at like a Scotland anime fest or something. Um, so it hasn't been released here, but apparently there is a movie that is coming for them, but that's not the movie they're talking about here. Apparently they're directing something new. That's not this new movie. Nice. Yeah. But she also did a lot of the stuff at, uh, at Kyo Annie uh, before the, uh, okay. yeah, I mean, she didn't start at science Saru, uh, but the, the, the project that is coming, uh, the 2022 picture is called garden of remembrance. Uh, it looks like a nice, I mean, it's hard to tell based off the cover, but the cover is like a very nice, pretty like watercolor esque picture. Uh, it looks yeah. really nice. Uh, I'm, you know, it's I'm ha- really happy with the Heike story, so I'm looking forward to what they do next. Ooh, from the director of K-On? Yeah, is and that... they also worked on a silent voice, which I'm not a fan of, but you know, well, but don't don't, don't want to put um, you know inappropriate songs in a in a, in a sad manga film oh they worked on chunibyo nice not extensively but uh okay so uh we mentioned dead mount death play uh it is coming out in april that is the part that i forgot to mention um this next story i just want to say studio nut is producing something called bull buster and i can i am very excited for this show uh, it is um a real robot show that looks at the economics of real robots i mean i'm sure it's gonna be wonderful but i can't be the only person that read that as studio nut produces Ballbuster. buster but Tom was very excited for this uh yesterday on twitter it seemed like i like the character designs yeah, yeah. It, looks, it looks like it's gonna be good it's just got a very very um easy to misread name I like. I, I, I just think that it looks kind of. I don't. Like, let's put it this way: like you know, there's like that kind of anime generic look. Whereas all of these, this feels something closer to like Advance Wars, you know, where each they. I'm sensing a lot of different nationalities here, um, potentially. Uh, you know, but like just different types. It you know it feels like whoa, like you know, this is an unusual art style for anime to have. So I'm down yes. for it. This theory did some good stuff too. They did uh, Decadence. They've done. Um, that's the big one I know them for. I listened to a podcast once that called it Decadence. And then I threw my phone out a window. I think they've done some of the fully, the new fully coolies. Oh yeah. I think I saw that in there. Uh, uh, Tokyo Revengers, I believe ended, uh, but there's going to be some spinoff stuff and it says a special arc. Uh, one, so here's something, Tokyo Revengers, very, very popular manga, so much that Kino Kunia would have signs up before it came out that said, we do not have this in English. They did not have Tokyo Revengers manga at Anime NYC. It was one of the most cosplayed things and you could not find that manga anywhere. I think I remember this last time, but, um, Seiji Mishima's had a new movie coming out too. Um... Oh, you know what? I think Kino Kunia's booth may have had a couple volumes, but a volume just came out. 
the other right. really weird thing, Chainsaw Man, probably the other most cosplayed thing, nobody was selling Chainsaw Man merch. Missed opportunity. Like, I, I stopped. Not multi- even in the dealer's room or to the uh, artist alley? I mean, the artist alley, so if, you know, a few people had drawings, but there was no. Like, I saw a bunch of people with plushies, and I was like, hey, where did you get that? Because I was actively looking for a plushie, and they all bought them on Amazon. Like, yeah, it's it's weird. I wonder how much that's. Uh, those are legit plushies. Uh, sometimes, uh, especially Amazon, you really can never be sure. You think there'd be figures at least? I think there have been some Nendroids already. Or like, well, I mean, in the dealer's room. Like, I couldn't... Now, to be fair, I didn't look at any of the... There was multiple Funko Pop booths. There may have been Chainsaw Man Funko Pops that I just didn't see. I don't know if there have been any yet. I know there's always this weird delay with um, automated licensing stuff. It's not the same way where, like, with with the U.S. film, like, you'll have six months of toys come out before the film was even available. The thing is part one ended in 2020. Yeah, but the automated didn't start. That's usually the driver for yeah. a lot of that. Uh, Gona guy has a new, uh, I assume one shot coming out to, uh, celebrate the 50th anniversary of, Oh goodness. What is this? It's called like high school, something or another. I I can't I I know what story this is, but I just can't remember what it translates to. Um, I don't think it's it says okay. I don't think we've ever gotten this, and that's because of the content. It says the original manga Harenshi Gakuen is set in a school where both teachers and students are all sexual perverts who show off their panties or peep at girls while they are changing. Well, yeah. So this was like one of his first manga. I think he yeah. wrote this when yeah. he was like seventeen. Saying that explains why it hasn't gotten a U.S. release, both because of when it was made and due to the content. I mean, they can't sell Devil Man in the U.S. <laughs> they you can know. or can't because they... that, that that hasn't that didn't sell well. There's not it's not interesting going to guys. Oh, that's show. okay. I was like, because I mean, they definitely have it at the store. Yeah, they, you mean like available. they can't sell it in numbers? Like, yeah, it's not moving. It's not moving books. So, uh, much, much to see. my chagrin. This is uh, yeah, it's also called Shameless School is the other name for it. Shame that's it, yes. Uh there was a lot of release dates announced, but not a lot that like stuck out to me. Uh High Card, that was getting a lot of advertisements at uh the convention. That has a January 9th date. I think they did a screening of it. I think so. I mean, I'm intrigued for pretty boys playing Pinochle or whatever it is. Is that what that show's about? I know the word pinochle is used in some of the uh, copy. Nice. And I really hope it is just like pretty boy pinochle show. And then speaking in code to like discuss what hands they have. Uh, Master. What's this show? The marginal service. Did you guys see this poster? Uh, I'm just going to spoil it. It's a, a bunch of really buff dudes and a lady and a flying squirrel baby. And they're all naked. Nice. Uh, please, but there's like the a <laughs> it's in the things it says side games premieres original TV anime. I'm uh, trying okay. to find it. It's the second thing in TV OVA re- uh, release. Dates. Oh, side games. I heard. Oh, side. I saw I saw this actually. Yeah, I didn't remember the name. Oh, my. <laughs> wasn't exa- exaggerating. Look at it. Okay. It's a lot. That is very funny. Yeah, there is like a tanuki or something there in front of a bunch of very buff naked men. And All right. There's a woman there, too. Well, this show's probably awesome. 
It's an original anime. All I know is I'll watch that first episode. Okay. Oh, we're only on the first episode. We might even do like a group watch. In a Keep discourse. an eye out for the mar- marginal service, I guess. Uh, what's coming the- soon to the Gonzo Demo Discord? Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, Master Takagi san movie coming out on Blu ray at the end of February. Otherwise, uh, not a lot of. I don't know. If you like uh, Princess Princess, no, Princess Principal, that's coming out April 7th. <laughs> uh let's see uh, i guess the first episode of trigun stampede premiered at anime nyc i've not seen anyone talk about it so i'm guessing no one i know got into the screening because they were all reservations and drawings so you know i maybe ann will have something out uh what else delays there's a couple delays golden kamui season four uh, is being delayed for a period of time due to a staff member's passing. Passing, uh, but also it sounds like the creator of Golden Kamui like brought back a ice hockey manga that they were working on. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, One Piece is doing fairly well in the United States. Uh, looks like uh, they've crossed twelve point seven million. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and then we've got our just random stuff. Uh, so last week we talked about, I forget their name, but there was a composer that got arrested for uh, assaulting allegedly a minor. And their uh, song that they did for Azaki-chan got pulled, unsurprisingly. Uh, there yeah, was- I mean, it's unusual. Like we've talked before, a lot of times this stuff ends up in like a slap of the hand. At least like here it got taken down, which you yeah. know affects their getting returns on that. So yeah, I guess I don't know how. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Contracts in Japan are typically done, but you would be getting royalties if that was an American TV show. Yeah, I'm sure that's this is very similar. You know, the creator rights are better in Japan in terms of getting returns on that stuff. Sometimes uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay that that broad a brush. I said better. I don't. I didn't say how much better. Uh, there was an interesting story about Final Fantasy. I can't read Roman numerals and 16. ethnic diversity. Um, now, I, I definitely am. I, I find a lot of the excuses for why not having diversity in these stories to be kind of not holding a lot of weight. Because it's like, if you have dragons, you can have people of color in your story. But I'm curious why this specific Final Fantasy was targeted because aren't they kind of all like this? Well, I mean, okay. So I think the the I think the biggest problem is one, like what they've shown off. You know, like it's mostly been like white European looking characters. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I think that part of the reason, I think that this intersects though with the whole how people read anime character skins is like you know they all go like oh they're white, but then Asian people are just like no, they're like us you know what i mean like it's Mm -hmm. every like outside of if you are like a very different skin color than like in terms of who what who belongs to what nationality that's always been a bit of a a weird thing with anime and i think that video games have inherited part of that but i do think this let's put it this way i think it would be one thing if this were an all white bunch of creators saying like oh yeah we didn't see race blah 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 and you'd be like oh fuck but it's like these are a bunch of japanese people who made a bunch of european looking people well i guess my i'm i'm just wondering like did the like game developer like just 
put their foot in their mouth because i feel like most final fantasy games are kind of like this not that there's not making an excuse for that just i don't know why this specific game was targeted so i'm wondering if somebody like a director said something really stupid and that got then yeah that's what did it they they basically i don't know if they were trying to get ahead of it or if this was just like a bad question because i mean they released it themselves like i don't think this was like an interview with some publication i think that they uh, oh they just volunteered this information that yeah, this is it worse. I think that uh, I can't remember, but like I don't think that this was like a gotcha. This you know, but oh, like okay. it, they said this response, and then people were kind of like, oh, like you know, like maybe like like that drawing the attention to it is kind of what gotcha. made this into a big thing, right? Because the last time I remember this coming up was Resident Evil Five. I mean, not that yeah. this doesn't come up, but that's the last like big one that I remember was Resident Evil 5 when everyone said that the game was racist because you were only killing black zombies and then they changed it to like a random skin generator. Right. To be fair, though, I mean, again, I, I don't think it's as bad as if like it was a white developer doing this. Like, I know that Japan has its own history of race problem, but it's not like this is an all Japanese cast in a Europe. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think I'm not buying that one, Kyle. I'm just saying it's not as bad. I'm not saying this is good by any means. I I think that I don't think there's a problem with diversity. I think more games should be diverse. One hundred percent. Seven had a diverse cast, and that's you know more than had a Final Fantasy series ago. To be fair, Final Fantasy Seven has like one diverse member. There's like a black guy in it, which is more than they're showing on this one. One of them is a cat. Yeah. Wait, two right. of them so, are cats. I think that I I don't <laughs> I, one of the characters reads to me as not being white, although I don't know if they read very strongly as being any particular uh, you know, uh from origin place either. So I have not played a Final Fantasy game since Final Fantasy ten, so I can't really comment on this game because I don't know anything about it. I just know that the games that I played had a lot of like non human characters. All I know is I'm gonna wait till the game is released before I get mad. That's like we don't we we have we've only seen what they've shown us, which is like a three trailers. Uh, you know they said this. Obviously, it's a bad sign, but the game's not out yet. There's plenty of time for them to like. Maybe there are uh, more divorced people in the game. Maybe there's a place in the game where there is like, oh, this is the continent, and there will be, you know, like, I just don't see why, I, I I can't get mad about it. It doesn't exist yet. I I know that you misspoke, but I'm just imagining uh, this is the more, most divor- divorced, more divorced characters, like, none of them are married. They're all none. the most divorced guy. They're powered by how divorced I behave. Oh my god. Is this Elon the- Musk is the final villain. Oh my Did god. Did we just come up with a new genre? Is this, are we gonna make this into a new hit? Divorcity? Yep. Forced diversity. That's um, what we call it. Is this the game that everybody was memeing on when it got announced because the bad guy was called something like Chaos? Like, I'm going to kill Chaos. No, that's that's called Strangers of Paradise. That's not this game. Okay. Oh, that is a really Final Fantasy uh, villain name. Uh, okay. Uh, speaking of Elon Musk, the of all the people, the creator of Magical Girl Sight, one of the edgiest manga I've ever read, called out elon musk for using their artwork without permission uh i don't know if they meant it seriously but i just thought it was very funny that just like one edgelord going after another uh did you guys see the the real life sword art online helmet uh, I saw the oh yeah 
the uh, stupidest thing. It sounds like there's going to be more of them too, which is what was so funny. Oh, that's troublesome. Well, so I guess the real date that Sword Art Online happens, uh, it's now since passed. Uh, <laughs> so uh, a company decided to make an actual helmet that would kill the user if they died in the game. I have to assume they're not letting anybody use it. I, I think it's all a joke from the Oculus people, which is Facebook. Well, yes. And yeah, hopefully it is just a shit post. No, Palmer Lucky is no longer at Facebook. Well, isn't so, Oculus still part of Facebook? I, I guess, yeah. Okay. No, he, he was the like one of the heads of Oculus originally, but he's, he's left and also he's like a shit bag. So, well, I thought the post was funny. Uh, fuck the guy that wrote it. Yeah. I didn't know uh, the background of the person that wrote it. It's okay. Uh, some guy was arrested for selling a bootleg copy of uh, old Shonen Jump issue. That's very funny to me. I don't... No, what's funny is the story. Did you see how he got caught? I did not. So, okay, he, he sold this and he said, oh, I thought it was legit. So he sold it to this guy and the guy apparently already had a copy of that same issue, compared the two and was like, this has a different glue binding and oh paper. So he called the cops. Oh my and God. Got it arrested. I'm just saying like, Imagine getting okay. Imagine that you ordered something off of eBay and then it's not the right thing, and you go, I'm gonna call the police. I'm pretty sure they would laugh at you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But in Japan, they went, Oh, that's serious, and they tracked him down. And now that guy might get either a gigantic fine or some time. Don't fuck with Goku. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, Yoshihiro Tagashi, the creator of Yu Yu Hakusho and Hunter Hunter recently talked about how it takes up to a week to redo a single panel, presumably due to uh, the intense pain that he lives in every day. Uh, that's pretty wild. I'm surprised he is still drawing at all, but I guess that just shows how much he loves what he does. But holy fuck. Yeah, that's... Uh, I hope that he doesn't have to redo too many of them. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Lillard. That is a name that I I want to say came up on Anime World Order a long time ago. Do you, I don't know if either of you remember, but in a very early episode of AWO, they talked about a cosplay photographer suffering from a heart attack, and I wonder if it was the same guy because they were. He saying, he's he's long before my time, unfortunately. He looks familiar because I think we would have overlapped a little bit in time. I just, I don't know why, where else I would have heard this name, but Kevin Willard, a, I guess a very well-known cosplay photographer has passed away. Uh, I did not look at how, uh, just says has been battling major health issues. Uh, very sad news. It seems like a lot of voice actors, uh, knew Lillard. I mean, I guess it was, it, a, he was way back in the day, right? Like, like not like super, super far back, but I think back in like when there was a lot less of like professional caliber you know like people with the gear who could actually like give you something that was more than like i don't know like a canon you know what i mean i mean i don't know the guy so i don't know what kind of uh skill level i was reading some tributes to him and it sounded like back when he was doing cosplay photography like there wasn't really any like anything of that like quality and he would go around and was like a huge boost and a lot of people only have photos that are good from that time because of him so a lot of you know so it's if you were at a certain era, like you definitely would have noticed him and seen him. And I saw a lot of like cosplayers who were active in that time, just like 
really speaking highly of him. Yeah, I think through like through the through the two thousands, uh, especially. Well, so very that, very that, sad that, that that first like growth era of uh, fandom. It's really interesting. Uh, something that I so like uh, at cons, I like to just kind of people watch, and one of the types of people that I really enjoy watching is the people that have like the mobile film rigs. Like I saw a couple photographers that had lights mounted to backpacks so they could like take pictures on the go very uh, easily. It's just really kind of cool stuff. I saw yeah, a couple film crews. Like, also like a professionalization of that stuff in the past, you know, in the past like, 10 years too. Yeah, well, it's it's gotten a lot more affordable, for sure, to to do that. Um, I guess as long as we're at it, there was another. Uh, what is this? The third kind of big death. Uh, Frederick uh, William Frederick Knight has passed away, and this one, I I wouldn't say hurt because like I don't know the guy, but like this one was a bigger. I guess had a bigger impact because very recently I thought about reaching out to him cause he was in his nineties and I was like, I don't know if he has any like big interviews. I should probably reach out to this guy before he passes away. And then he passed away. Uh, if you grew up in the early two thousands, late nineties, you know, this guy's voice, it was like him and Mike Reynolds that played all the old men in all the dubs. And, uh, I know where you really know him from because he was in Yashahime. Uh, was he in Yashahime? He, he was Kagome's grandpa. Oh, he probably played him in the second. Uh, oh, yeah, in Yashahime because there was a different actor in the first one. Yeah. In Inuyasha. But no, he played uh, uh, the guy in Ghost in the Shell in like the yeah. opening elevator scene that goes on way too long. Yeah, he played Aramaki in a lot of the stuff. Uh, he also played the old man in Paranoia Agent that does the episode previews. A very, very iconic voice. Very, very sad. Uh, and the big thing that stopped me from reaching out is I couldn't figure out how to contact him. People were also picking a clip that he was in um, an episode of I Think You Should Leave. I. Oh, why do I know that? The sketch comedy show. Oh. Um, yeah, Netflix, I think he was a screen Tim actor uh, as yeah. well. Like he, I want to say Star Trek or like some cop shows or something. Yeah, he's uh, a, he's really that era when like actors did voice acting. Like, people who went to anime voice acting were also actors, mm-hmm. and not just people who wanted to. And this is an older graph that like AWO had, but like um, there was an era where people who were getting to anime voice acting were also actors and. Yeah, like, like Brian Cranston people, and yeah, people didn't just go into like anime voice acting in particular, even they'd go in like well, a job's a job kind of mentality, yeah, and still do their best at it. Yeah, and he was he was active up until his death. A show that he worked on just came out pretty wild. I guess yeah. he was eighty eight. I thought he was much older, um, but very very. I mean, eighty eight is not young. I thought he was ninety five. Uh, that's I mean. Uh, what else did we have? The live action Streets of Rage may be in production. That's bizarre. I thought this was about Streets of Fire when Street. I read the, when I read the uh, title. I mean, they're probably connected if you look back far enough. Uh, I'm sure it's a Japanese thing, and that they, Japan loves that film. Uh, the only other thing that I was going to mention, because no one is talking about this, Crunchyroll made a Game Boy game that got announced at Anime NYC. 
or like around that time, I got to play it a little bit. It's kind of like a Link Link's Awakening kind of Pokemon uh, visually kind of a game. Is it an RPG turn based or is it live? Like, is it real time? I did not get far enough to do any battles, uh, but it it uses a lot of the assets, like the engine. Uh, a, f- a friend on Twitter, uh, Rosa, longtime listener of the podcast, said that there's a pretty easy way to make a game in that style where you don't even need to know how to program. So it's possible that they used that. Uh, but also, there's going to be an actual Game Boy cart. Uh, if you want it through limited run games, uh, otherwise the game will be released online. Yeah, it's always cool. I, you know, uh, it is pretty easy to do uh, retro games with that style, as as they mentioned. Um, I, my sister is actually actually working on right now. Nice. Um, so, yeah. But you know, we don't really see them be officially like uh, like this level, right? Like usually, it's just like a fan thing. So that a company is doing it is is kind of neat. Yeah, it's called Hime's Quest. Uh, and I got a free t-shirt for playing the demo, which was pretty cool. But I, it was just weird that, like, I don't think there was an ANN post about this. No one was talking about it on Twitter. I think they just kind of silently, silently announced this. And then they had two um, stations at their booth where you could play it. Uh, but the guy that was running the station had no idea what it was. Like they just found some guy because I said, is this the Crunchyroll game? He's like, I think so. <laughs> All right, dude. Thanks. This feels like a part of the that works for a while because it doesn't seem like something that Crunchyroll would do now. Yeah. It's like, it a- feels like the kind of vanity project from like peak Crunchyroll. Yeah. Like very like Victoria era. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. cast Crunchyroll. Well, so... I think unless there was anything else you guys wanted to talk about, I'm happy to end the show a little early. No, I, I wanted to say at least a few other things. Um, yeah. So the other two voices, um, the other two deaths, we, we skipped over them. But uh, we talked about the first last week in the No Name show. Oh. But Kevin Conroy did pass away. And that is news for the news broom people who only show up every two weeks. Yes. Who are you? Hey, you, you know what? Only people. You can you can you can separately like in my podcatcher. I have the option of doing one or the other or or both. There's like three feeds, I think, or at Who least two. That? There's at least two feeds. Um, that I had at least when I last checked. Um, there are two feeds. I have no idea how it's broken up, and I make the website. So, but one of them is both. One of them has both no name and uh, but anyways. So, uh, you know, Kevin Coyne did pass away, and of course we mentioned it at the beginning, but uh, the passing of the you know the tommy of the in the power rangers yes and i did confirm it it was on uh confirmed on variety okay um they would know it doesn't say how it uh you know but a lot of that's not unusual a lot of times we don't find out how for a while it Um, is rumored that he took his own life right but i don't want to i don't want to say that until we know yeah you know uh it's just that i i know as a kid i grew up uh, with the Power Ranger movie, especially like I saw a little bit of the first television show. Mm-hmm. Like I would see Beetleborgs and Power Rangers on television uh, to date myself uh, just slightly. Um, but then, you know, I was really into the Power Rangers movie. And of course, if you watch that movie, you know that Tommy is the one. And just uh, I know that a lot of people are very sad about that. Yeah, it's a it's a bummer. Uh, so uh, we have our right stuff. Top 10. I didn't look at the Toonami ratings. My bad. 
but for Blu-ray, we have Fruits Basket Season 3 at number 10, City Hunter Classic Movies and TV Specials at number 9. That time I got reincarnated as a slime. Looks like maybe this is Season 2, Part 2. At number 8, uh, Mushoku Tensei. Uh, probably, is this the whole thing? I can't tell. That's at number 7. Persona 5 at number 6. Sells at Work at number 5. Yu Yu Hakusho, the 30th anniversary box at number 4. Gaugai Gar, uh, King of Braves at number three. Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid S at number two. One of their voice actors is retiring. And then weirdly, Nisekoi is at number one. Uh, that's, is that kind of got a new release? Who could know? Uh, I mean, we should. Yeah, I mean, that was like a manga several years ago. I don't know anyone that's seen the show. Uh, over on the manga, we have uh, Chainsaw Man, Volume 8 at number 10, Banana Fish, number 10 at number 9, Chainsaw Man 6 at 8, Tokyo Ghoul uh, Re at number 7, Tokyo Revengers, the new uh, release at number 6 that you could not buy at Anime NYC, uh, Kamisama Kiss, number 5 at 5, uh, more Banana Fish, this must be a re-release? Maybe uh, those are old, old covers. Yeah. Uh, at, uh, 13 at number four, Bleach Box Set 2. At number three, Vagabond Manga Omnibus Volume 1 at number two. Then One Piece Manga Box Set number three at number one. Let's take a look at our DVDs. Uh, Disgaea DVD 2 at number 10, Astro Boy 2003 at nine. Shuffle, uh, longtime friend of the podcast, Ryan's favorite show at number eight. D. Gray Man, there must have been a save sale. D. Gray Man complete season one at seven. Shangri La at number six. Uh, 80 Police Files at number five. Ghost Stories at number four. Uh, Kenshin New Kyoto Arc at three. Samurai Jam Bakamatsu Rock at number two. And then Bubblegum Crash at number one. Woof. Uh, this has been the Gonzo.moe Newsbroom. I almost said the no name show. I do it every time. Uh, no broom. Your bi-weekly source of anime news. We'll see you next time, everybody. Cheers. Go fast. <laughs>